All of us struggle with time management. There's simply too much to do and too little time to do it. And there is an entire multi-million dollar industry that is focused on nothing but how to help us focus our time, plan our time. And there are apps you can put on your phone. There are still paper calendars that you can use. Uh, there are all kinds of books and workshops you can attend about how to manage your time. But that's not the problem, is it? It's not time we can't manage, it's moments. It's the moments we can't manage, and there is a difference. You see, the Greeks had two words for time. The first word is chronos, chronology. Um, it's the word that we get time from and measure the minutes and hours of the day. The other moment, the other word was kairos, which means moment. Uh, the right moment, the, the, the right moment to tell the punchline of a joke, the right moment that a piece of uh, a fruit is ripe. That's kairos. And at the end of your days, you don't get frustrated that you didn't manage time. What frustrates us is we miss the moment. So in Ecclesiastes, when the writer tells us that there is a time for everything, the word there is kairos. And the word in this passage that Paul tells to the Ephesians, well, that word is kairos as well. What's the difference? Well, let's talk about it. Ephesians 5, stand with me in honor of God's word. As we read these handful of verses, beginning with verse 15. So pay careful attention how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, making the most of the time, redeeming the kairos, for these days are evil. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. In the power of your resurrection, give us the power, O Lord, to redeem the time that we may make it count for you and for your kingdom. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I was glad when the Belmont basketball team is here. You guys sit up front. Nobody else in this building wants to sit up front, so I'm really, really glad you guys are here. Paul is in the application part of the book of Ephesians. Now, most of the time in Paul's letters, he'll have the first part will be theology. He'll say, here's what I'm preaching, here's what I'm teaching, here's what I want you to understand and believe. And then he'll have a therefore, and he will go into application. And this is in that application series. Now, notice what he says about how he is instructing the Ephesians to live in their time. One, the days are evil. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the days are dark and ominous and, 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 and against God and eat. No, that's not what he says. Not exactly what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is that no moment is neutral. No moment is neutral. This moment in front of you either helps you become closer to Christ, more like Christ, deeper involved in his kingdom, or it takes you away from Christ and takes you away from the kingdom. No moment is neutral. Paul writes to the Romans in the 14th chapter when he's talking about whether or not you should eat this kind of food or that kind of food. And he says, listen, anything that is not done from faith is sin. Anything that is not done from faith is sin. Now, we're in this series called True North, and we're talking about social media and uh, uh, and one of the points that we made last week when we talked about it is that no social media is neutral. All of it has an agenda. Not only do the platforms, the, the various apps and the various websites, and all, not only do they have agendas, but the instrument itself, the product itself, the laptop, the, the, the iPad, the, uh, the, the phone, it all is set up so that you will become addicted to it. We have created the phone we have created all of these apps to give you certain points where you get a little taste of dopamine. Where when you're using your phone, when you're on the computer, it will trigger your brain to release dopamine, which creates an addiction. Facebook has admitted that it is set up. Google has admitted that it is set up to create readers, users, who are addicted to the platform. They are not neutral. We talked about last week how you are responsible for what you see and what you hear and what takes root, what takes ground, what, what, what becomes planted in your brain. Because what you think becomes what you uh, desire and what you desire becomes what you do and what you do becomes who you are. Now, got a lot of interesting conversation out of that uh, from some of you uh, in your emails and that kind of stuff, and we always appreciate the kind of honest feedback about how it affects you and what it doesn't affect you. Now we're going to talk about how it affects your time. And we need to address a couple of myths. One... The world has told us that you can do several things at one time. You can answer email, you can talk on the phone, you can make appointments, and you can handle any project all at the same time because you have this gadget in front of you that allows you to multitask. Guess what? Your brain can't. Your brain, as your mother's told you, can do one thing at a time. That's it. You can focus on one thing at a time. Hence, his command, pay attention. 
Now, if you were distracted as I was in class, even when you read that word, you flash back. Because that was what I was told every day of my life by every adult who ever walked by me. People who didn't even know me would walk up and say, Mike, you need to pay attention. Why? Because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, put me in a classroom with a window? Oh, I was good for all day. The world doesn't want you paying attention to you. Won't you looking over here? Looking over here. Did you see what this guy said? Did you see what she said back? Did you see that video? Have you seen that? Did you see this? Huh? What about this? What do you think about that? Well, don't download it. Did you see? Now, how many of you have lived just that same way? Because the world won't let you pay attention to you and to the kairos and to the moment that is front of you right here, right now. It is the moment that you will miss. It is the moment that you will pay attention to. Now, all of these moments are not neutral. Okay? Being neutral is not enough in the kingdom of God. How many of you have defended yourself by saying something like, I didn't do anything wrong. That's not my fault. I didn't do anything. That's not a defense. For if you know what is good to do and you don't do it, that's sin too. Notice what he says. Make the most out of the time is the way it's translated. The Greek here is redeem the kairos. Redeem, buy back the moment. Here's what that means. Because you are filled with the presence of Christ, because you are filled with the power of the resurrection, the moments in front of you, you buy back. They were not in the kingdom of God. This moment was not in the, in the kingdom of God. Now you're going to pull it into the kingdom of God. You're going to make this friendship holy. You're going to make this conversation with your child holy. You're going to sanctify the moment. What had no purpose, you will give purpose. What had no direction, you will give direction to. What had no meaning, you will give meaning to. You will redeem it. You will buy it back. What was lost to the darkness, you will now bring into the light. You will buy it back in the power of the risen Christ. No moment is neutral, but no moment has the power to hurt you as Joseph told his brothers. Remember the brothers sold him into slavery? And he ends up being the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. And when they realize who it is that they're talking to at the end of the book, he tells them what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Now, are you understanding 
what Paul is teaching the Ephesians. Now remember where they were. They're in Ephesus. Ephesus is a tough place. Uh, the, the silversmiths rioted when Paul started preaching and people stopped buying the little statues of Diana. Okay, remember that you go there, there's a big temple of Diana, and because you were there, you would buy a little silver statue, and that was the big business. Uh, the original Sea Rock City ashtray they had them in Ephesus. Okay, and then you would have this little, little goddess in your home and say, see, I went to her temple, I bought this. Well, when Paul started preaching about the one true God, people stopped buying those, and the silversmiths rioted. They almost killed Paul. The church that was left there was tough. So much so that in the first chapter of Revelation, uh, uh, in, in the first two chapters of Revelation where the seven churches are mentioned, Ephesus is mentioned, they are mentioned because they have lost love. Not the first love, that's another church. They have lost the ability to love. What does that mean? They became so insistent that everybody believe right and do right that they forgot to love each other. Now, Paul says you have the power to make every moment count. You have the power to make every moment count. How do you do that? One, you pay attention. You pay attention to the moment in front of you, to the person in front of you. Uh, whenever I talk to uh, marriage enrichments or, or, or marriage events, I always tell wives, guys, listen with their eyes. If he is not looking at you, he is not listening to you. It's that simple. And if you want to make sure he's listening, you have to make sure he's looking. If you're telling him about all the things you need him to do, and he's watching ESPN, guess what? He did not hear a word you said. I don't care how many times he said, uh-huh. <laughs> Look at the moment. Put your phone down. Get up from your computer. Pay attention to the moment. That's right. We, we have this thing as, as parents, right? That we're going to have quality time. Quality, who, I don't know who thought of this. I can tell you this, it wasn't a parent. <laughs> have you ever noticed how many, parent, how many people who aren't parents give advice to parents? Right? All right, we're going to have this time. We're going to go out, we're going to have some quality time if it kills both of us. Okay, any parent will tell you, you cannot plan quality time. It happens when it happens. My boys always knew they could get in touch with me. Regardless of what I was doing, regardless of where I was, they knew they could get in touch with me. Now, that had some hilarious consequences sometimes. Uh, one of them was playing a video game one time, and he was getting ready to land the airplane, but if he crashed the airplane, he would have lost all his points. So he called me on the phone. I was in a meeting here. 
But the only thing the people in the meeting heard me say was, can you see the airport? <laughs> Here's why. You don't ever know when that call is going to be the call. That's why you take them all. That's why you pay attention to the moment. You don't ever know when the conversation will naturally lead into a gospel conversation. You don't know that unless you're paying attention, unless you're focused on being where you are and not distracted by everything else. Technology, there's a lot of good to it. Okay, we have, we have celebrated that and we use a lot of technology. I'm not saying don't use a phone. I'm not saying don't use a technology or, 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 or any other popular apps. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying own it. That's what I'm saying. Don't let it tell you what to do. Don't let it tell you when to do it. Some of us get up in the morning and we will check email and we will check all of the other social media apps before we ever read scripture. If you're doing that, your head is already poisoned. You hear from God first. That sets the priorities of the day. That allows you to begin to focus and pay attention. And when you begin to kind of recalibrate, ah, oh, this is what it is to be with God, then you'll recognize those moments during the day. Amen. Pay attention. Redeem the moment. Not as unwise, but wise. You would think the word here would be not as evil, but good. He's already told you the times are evil. You would think he would say, I don't want you to be evil. I want you to be good. I don't want you to be sin. I don't want you to sin. I want you to, uh, to, to live right. That's not what he says. Here's why. He tells his churches, everything is lawful. Not everything is helpful. You have the right to do a lot of things. Not every right is helpful in every moment. Not every right that you insist on builds up the other person. Not every right that you insist on expressing helps somebody else come to Christ or brings you closer to Christ, even though it may be your right. Everything may be lawful, but it is not helpful. The wise person knows the difference. The wise person knows, okay, I know my wife asked me about the dress. What I'm thinking right now may not be helpful. <laughs> Is it my right? Yeah. Sure, I have that right. Is it helpful? Probably not. And if you live wisely, then you will know what the will of God is. I don't know how many conversations I have been in where somebody has says, if I just knew the will of God, 
if I just knew the, as if God is going to drop some golden tablet down on your head. Here's how you know the will of God. God will say, take this step. Take the next step. What we want to know is where is this journey going? Uh-uh. Take this step. If you pay attention to the moment in front of you, you'll find God's will for that moment. If you pay attention to the person in front of you, you'll find God's will for that moment. And if you find God's will moment by moment, you will find God's will for your life. Look at all the teachings. You get the manna you need for the day. Remember that story? People of Israel are leaving Egypt. They get in the middle of the desert. They get hungry. God sends manna which literally means, what is this stuff? And, uh, and that's how they eat every day. Okay, do you remember? You couldn't, you couldn't pack enough manna for overnight, except for the weekend, except for Sabbath. You had to pack every manna for every day. Here's what we want. Lord, this is a hard, hard, hard problem. Help me with it. And God will say, we'll take this step. That doesn't solve the whole problem. Yeah, I want it all something. No, take this step. You get the manna you need for the day. Right. Take that step. But Lord, take the next step. You get the manna you need for the next day. We want it delivered in those little boxes, like these meal things come in, so you can take it out and put it in the freezer and hold on to it. And that way, if you get in a mess, you can go grab some manna. <laughs> Doesn't come that way. Pay attention. The days are evil. The days aren't neutral. Redeem the moment. Live as wise, not unwise. And in doing so, you will know the will of God. But you're going to have to do that by paying attention. And you're going to have to do that by putting down your phone. Let's pray together. Give us the ability to focus right now on this moment. Right here, right now. Let us know what you want us to do and how you want us to do it. That we may know your will for just this moment. And when we know it, we pray for the courage to do it. With your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I do want you thinking hard about this moment. How have you been distracted? Uh, maybe life's got you cornered. Sometimes that happens. Maybe it's overwhelming in the moment. Sometimes that happens. Our ministers and our counselors are waiting for you out at the table right under Big Science's Next Steps. They would love the opportunity to pray for you, minister to you, to be your friend during this time. Everybody has a time. Maybe today is yours. Perhaps it's to come be part of Brentwood Baptist Church. We'd love to have you as our church in our church family. You come. Perhaps it's the first time you've realized that there is a Lord who saves you who wants to give you purpose and meaning for your life, who wants to bring forgiveness and hope. Uh, and I'm saying a whole lot in just a handful of words, but he's waiting for you right now. 
right where you are. I know you may not understand all of that. That's why our friends are standing by that table to pick up the conversation here. Just go say, hey, I want to know more about what Mike was talking about. They'll pick it up from there. Whatever it is now, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray the choices we make are exactly what you want.